Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned in to the Daily Roundup on this, a Monday, August 14th, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a bit about my co-host. You know what, folks? Today is National Tattoo Removal Day. I think it's completely meaningless to my co-host because she has no tattoos. At least she has no tattoos that I'm aware of. She is the... <laughs> She double with the spatula. She is the Khaleesi of BC. She is Drea Humphrey. Hey, Drea Humphrey, how you doing today? Hey, David, I'm doing good. And yes, you're right. I have no tattoos. Although I was recently <laughs> tempted. I was considering one. I think it's Sheila always on the screen with all the tats <laughs> rubbing off on me. Yes, but, that's uh, right. Yeah. Sheila has quite a few. Uh, I remember she got some in Israel back in 2018. Uh, we're going again, by the way. I think you're on the trip. Uh, I, I think we fly out on uh, Labor Day of next month. And uh, what else is there? I see there's. it's also um, World Lizard Day and National <laughs> Bargain Hunting Week. So I guess if you have a lizard that's tattooed and you want to get the tattoo removed at a cheap price, wow, this is the day for you folks. <laughs> you know, but, but we digress. So, Drea, there's so much to get to uh, uh, today. Uh, but before we do that, why don't you lay down the house rules if you can? Sure. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to the Daily Roundup. We're going to have a great show for you, lots to talk about, but you can also be a part of the show and weigh in on what we're saying, too. And a fun way to do that is if you head to Rumble or Odyssey, both platforms that are pro-free speech and in alternatively also pro-free press. Uh, if you go there, there is an option to chat live with us. Uh, there's called Rumble Rats, I think is what it's called on Rumble. And if you donate $5 US or more, we make sure to read those and make those part of the show. And it's a really fun thing, but it also helps support our independent journalism, which does not take a dime from the Trudeau government, unlike 90% of media in Canada. So check us out, be part of the show, and we'll see what you have to say. There you go. And right off the top, we got to address this, uh, Drea. Uh, Pierre Polyev, he is coming under the guns of the mainstream media. I heard about this uh, driving in, uh, by the way, on talk radio. Uh, so there is consensus. It's not just CBC News, but uh, CTV News is on side. Evidently, Polyev is a frothing at the mouth conspiracy theorist because he dares um, to as they call it, ramp up the rhetoric about the World Economic Forum. You know, um, first of all, in this day and age, after what we've just lived through these last three years, uh, Drea Humphrey, with the COVID-19 madness especially, um, what is a conspiracy theory? Because things I thought that would never happen, uh, as we saw during the Freedom Convoy, you know, Canadians having their bank accounts frozen, um, yeah. millions of dollars in charitable donations to the Freedom Convoy being frozen, and mm -hmm. uh, a, a, an attempt to redistribute that, those uh, funds to other leftist charities, um, that once upon a time would be a wackadoodle conspiracy theory of an economic variety. Um, here, So when Pierre Polyev speaks out against the World Economic Forum, if the, the World Economic Forum 
you know, to answer the apologists, if it's such a nothing burger, if they don't, uh, I don't know, influence government policy, and I think it's safe to say that they do, and it's really mm-hmm. egregious because this is a non-elected, unaccountable body, then why do we have the World Economic Forum in the <laughs> first place? I mean, I'm getting tired uh, of, uh, well, actually, it's perversely amusing, Drea, but, you know, the likes of Klaus Schwab, the head honcho at WEF, uh, saying things like, um, give up your cars. Meanwhile, he's getting a limousine ride to the restaurant. Oh, and the restaurant isn't serving up crickets and meal worms, which no. Close wants us to eat. It's a uh, filet mignon. So um, I think the mainstream media should focus on exposing these phony hypocrites that think they're better than us and preach, do as I say, not as I do. I think Pierre Polyev is bang on. And I can tell you this, as much as the mainstream media, Drea, is in a real fuss about this, You can ask independent candidates when they're out doing their barbecues, when they're out on the hustings, people do come up to them and say, Mm -hmm. why are we linked into this world economic forum nonsense that that is happening? So this so-called conspiracy theory, it's getting a lot of mainstream traction, I would suggest. Well, it's funny you say that because the first thing I notice is that even in CBC's headline, it literally calls them mainstream conspiracy theories. (laughs) (laughs) So they're acknowledging that this is just what the general public believes, maybe the silent majority. So even now they know um, that these are mainstream conspiracy theories. And you're right, it's just what comes true. I mean, you listed some of them. But what about, you know, people were scared of being forced into some sort of camp. And we had COVID hotels, COVID jails, we saw that happen. And even vaccine mandates were a conspiracy theory. Out here in BC, our provincial health officer said they would be too divisive, they would never do it. I know other premiers did the same lie. So yeah, I think there's a saying, it says, uh, what's the difference between truth and conspiracy theories? And I think it's about six months or something like that which is pretty on um but yeah lower down in that article something else that's really funny about uh you know state uh cbc media it says conservative leader pierre polyev has been hitting the summer barbecue circuit with ramped up rhetoric about debunked claims that the world economic forum is attempting to impose its agenda on sovereign governments but note they have no hyperlink on debunked claims. They just say it. They just say that it's debunked claims. They provide literally no evidence of it being a debunked claim. I mean, King of the WEF himself, Klaus Schwab, even has taken pride in penetrating our cabinet. That's his own words. He's so proud of our Prime Minister Trudeau. So no, it's not a conspiracy theory, hence why they can't support such a comment. This is totally just propaganda. Um, And then again, same thing here. The next paragraph, it says, it says some experts suggest. Who are the experts? Who are these experts? (laughs) Like they're literally just writing things without anything to back what they're saying. So some experts suggest another sign that some conspiracy theories are moving from the the fringes of the Internet to mainstream thinking as people's distrust of the government grows. Yeah, you should get a hint. There is a reason why. Pierre Polyev at his rallies, he gets the biggest cheers for two things. 
Number one is defunding the CBC. So yep. you can see why they're happy to throw them under the bus. Um, but number two is when he says, and it's written in here, the promise that he will not allow any of his ministers to be a part of the WF and to even go to Davos. So they're pointing that out there too in this article. You know what? I think that speaks to what the base wants. And by the way, Drea, that is brilliant of you. It, it, it went over my head, but you adroitly pointed it out. Mainstream conspiracy theory. Isn't that an oxymoron? Because conspiracy theory by their nature, it is something embraced by a fringe minority. Yeah. Um, so, or do we have two categories of conspiracy theories in Canada? The um, WEF influencing on local political decisions. That's a mainstream conspiracy theory. And a fringe conspiracy theory, that would be, oh, I don't know, we landed on the moon in 1969. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and there's a medium, I guess, uh, conspiracy theory that would be, uh, I guess, everything to do with 9-11, uh, perhaps. But um, yeah, it, it, by that very statement, uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. So, um, you know, good for you for pointing that out. And also, you are 100% bang on. The ulterior motive here by the CBC, and by the way, um, what sloppy journalism, as you said, experts say, which experts? Oh, just trust us. There was a, I guess there was a custodian <laughs> behind the building. He said something in passing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but the, um, the CBC, it has a big target on its back. I have been to several Pierre Polyev rallies okay. and uh, Maxime Bernier, because, you know, you could argue that uh, Pierre Polyev stole this plank from uh, the People's Party of Canada. But I can tell you this, uh, Drea, when both those gentlemen say they are going to defund the CBC, it is by far the loudest standing ovation. You, you'd think the the roof was going to cave in, and don't you? And and of course, CBC reporters, editors, producers—they've got skin in the game. They're probably thinking. If this crackpot gets in and defunds us, we're out of a job in what is a sunset industry to begin with. And that fuels the fire, in my belief, Drea, that the likes of CBC, Toronto Star, you name it, all the usual suspects, they are working night and day. Who knows when the election's going to be? I don't think it's going to be this year. I probably think it's going to be next year. But at least by 2025, we must head to the polls. And they are turning over every rock. They're going to high schools and looking at uh, yearbooks that Pierre Polyev might have been mentioned in. They are looking for anything scandalous uh, to throw at the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. I truly believe that. Uh, gee, Dre, do you think they'll come up as something as scandalous as, oh, I don't know, remember back in 2019 when they found out that, ooh, Andrew Scheer was selling life insurance without a full brokerage license? Oh, mercy of merciful God in heaven. You can't be serious. What about blackface? Oh, no, never mind that. Never mind. Nothing, nothing to see there. They are just shameless, Drea. Absolutely. The list goes on. And of course, there's more chiming in there. I think we have an MP, Anthony Housefather, who oh, came yes. out to Twitter. He had a statement there. Um, I'm just trying to find it now, of course. 
I don't know what I do when I, I get so excited when you're, oh, it's on the screen. Thank you. Great team behind the, uh, the camera here. There is nothing more dangerous in a democracy than a politician who seeks to demonize and delitimize <laughs> the media. Okay. I'm sorry. Are you talking about Trudeau here or what? Because we've seen how he treats independent media. But he continues, totally fine to challenge the premise of claims in a story you don't agree with. But going beyond that and attacking an entire legitimate news service is Trump-like. Oh, and he even got a Trump uh, play in there. Um, oh, yeah. well, my goodness. Uh, well, Anthony Housefeathers, I mean, that's a little rich, isn't it, uh, Drea? Uh, talk about demonizing and delegitimizing media. You mean like what Blackface did to Rebel News in 2019 and 2021 when we had to go to federal court, our one lawyer against, I don't know if it was five or seven government lawyers, Drea, to get ourselves into the parliamentary press debates, mm -hmm. uh, which we did successfully. And mm -hmm. what happened uh, in 2021, uh, both um, Justin Trudeau and his new best boyfriend, Jugmeet Singh, simply saying, um, when our journalists got a chance to ask a question, uh, I'm not going to answer because I don't yeah. recognize you as yeah. a legitimate media. How dare you? This is not Rebel News saying we're legitimate media. This is a federal court twice yeah. saying mm -hmm. that we are legitimate. So you weren't giving them the middle finger to our reporters. You were giving the middle finger to Canadians from coast to coast to coast because those were valid, good questions that were worthy of answers and questions, by the way, that the mainstream uh, stenographers, the trained seals and the MSM aren't going to ask. And you blow us off like that. That is fitting into demonizing and delegitimizing media, wouldn't you say, Drea? Oh, absolutely. And and I don't know if we cover this because there was so much to cover about that the last time he tried to keep us out of the election debate. But they also changed the rules last second once we had the court order to get in. And we had, I think, 11, um, 11 journalists were allowed either virtually or in there. They stopped follow-up questions, if you remember. <laughs> and then Trudeau, Trudeau took that time to demonize us and say all these things. And of course, they cut the mic <laughs> right after, so we yep. couldn't respond. So it's it's such a joke. Um, Pierre Polyev has gone to Twitter and made a statement about these articles. And you're right, it's not just the CBC. It's all of the state-preferred media. They all have similar headlines, all the same time. Uh, totally obvious that they're all in cahoots together. But Pierre Polyev says... Trudeau's media are desperate to stop his continued downfall. Today, CBC's news service, CP, wrote a hit piece on me because I dared to criticize the World Economic Forum, a group of oh, multinational CEOs and powerful politicians that push their interests. I work for our people in this country and will bring home our democracy without apology. Well, thank goodness. And I hope that is what Pierre Polyev will stand for going forward to whenever the election is. I think there's been two terrible self-inflicted wounds that Pierre Polyev has cast upon himself, uh, Drea. One was uh, that outrageous... Um, you know, throwing under the bus of Christine Anderson, yeah. the uh, the German politician, at the Absolutely. behest of uh, liberal bagman Warren Kinsella via 
the disgraceful Toronto Sun journalist Brian Lilly. I mean, that's who you're taking your orders for. I mean, mm -hmm. Germany, I mean, you know, buying into this that she's somehow a neo-Nazi. I mean, you know. I'll tell you, that's a hell of a place to be a neo-Nazi. Germany, it's the worst country in the world to be that because there are criminal laws if you display a swastika, if you yeah. do the Heil Hitler salute. So the idea that uh, Christine Anderson has cottoned on to that is outrageous. I thought that was a horrible misstep. And the second yeah. one was just a few weeks ago when uh, I think it was a CBC journalist, um, but don't quote me on that, but he was asked, uh, do you agree? with that ideology on the shirt of that man that posed for a right. selfie with you. There are two genders. Well, uh, this is how I would have answered it. I would have said, listen, with all the problems that our country is facing right now, serious problems that are affecting Canadians, I'm not going to go down rabbit holes and talk about nonsense like that. Or he could have said this, which I would have loved. Yes, I agree with that. There are two yeah. genders. But to say no, and then next question, please. Again, um, Drea, why is he bending the knee to those that he's already stated, I'm going to defund you? And you know, like I said earlier, they're working around the clock to dig up dirt on this man. Yeah. Don't play their game. Don't no. be weak like that. Hopefully we won't see anything more like that in the months and years ahead. I agree. The Christine Anderson was disgraceful. And of course, she went and met with, you know, their black MP, uh, Dr. Leslin Lewis. She's such a Nazi. But <laughs> um, and does that shirt say two genders? Doesn't it also say, like, I'm, I'm proud to be heterosexual or something? And that's another thing. Uh, I thought that's what it said. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I looked at it. What does it say? I can't really read it. Um, but anyways, the whole point is, is the easy thing is, you know, you believe in freedom of speech and yep. expression. And this is somebody else's shirt. It's not his shirt. He's not wearing the shirt. Yep. And he believes that person is free to wear whatever they want to wear. They're not committing a crime by doing so. And that is, you know, where you draw the line. And, and Drea, correct me if I'm wrong, but now, there was... Now that's now, sometimes, you know, there's <laughs> now you draw the line even before there in Canada. But no, but anyway. correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't we preached for about three years now? What was the, the phrase? Follow the science. science. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. science. Two genders. You know, you might think uh, like uh, Ash Davis, the um, male rugby player playing on a female team, that he's actually a male lesbian uh, with a penis, no less. Uh, I, I guess that's uh, what gender number one hundred and ninety-seven uh, and counting. But the fact of the matter are there are two genders, and there was nothing wrong in that. It's backed up in science. Another reason why he. Should should have just said yes. And I'll tell you, here is a free six figures. No, make it seven figures of political advice for the Polyev team, Drea, because you and I and the rest of the team, we see it playing out with school boards all across Canada. They become increasingly radicalized and woke. And um, mm -hmm. there is a radical sex ed curriculum being preached. Um, horrible reading materials, themes like incest and pedophilia. Uh, it's absolutely grotesque. And that's for, you know, libraries of elementary schools. Now, yeah. I know education is a provincial responsibility, 
But a win for the Paul Diev team, much like what you see uh, Governor DeSantis doing in Florida, is taking a stance against what I call transanity, saying, you know what, uh, even though this is a provincial bailiwick, a Paul Diev government will reach out to the ministers of education and yeah. try to get a dialogue to rein in this radical what I think is Marxism, uh, Drea, yeah, you know, Ray in this radical uh, trans sex ed curriculum. I'm telling you, there are more people in Canada than not that would applaud that stance. Yeah, well, you know, it's another agenda. He's speaking out about the WEF's agenda, and that's what we're seeing here with all of the stuff infecting the schools. You know, you can separate LGBTQ plus people from that agenda. It's two separate things. And he, I would like to see him doing that. I think he's probably not because he just thinks, you know, that's a battle I'm not going to go to now if I want to win. I think that's what it is. I mean, right now they're grasping at straws from somebody else's shirt to, um, you know, conspiracy theories that they say are debunked without showing evidence. So I personally think he's just being strategic in that. Yes, I would like to see to say otherwise, but you have seen some people come forward in power and, you know, they don't do very well once they do it. So it's it's kind of like that. What do you think? Am I wrong for thinking that way that maybe he sh he kind of should be in it to win it and then hopefully stand up for it now? Because he knows this is a main concern, not just in his own voter base or, or that people he thinks might be voting for him. It's outside of that now. Uh, Drea, you're 100% right. And as always, the proof is in the pudding. We saw with Sheer in 2019 and O'Toole in 2021, when you try to be everything to everyone, when you try to peddle a conservative candidate as liberal light, it's a disaster. And um, yeah. we have seen the results. I mean, it's still shocking to me in a way, Drea, that with all the scandals the Trudeau liberals are responsible for, they somehow got off the hook. And a big part of the blame, I'm sorry, is the campaigns that uh, Scheer and O'Toole ran. Um, yeah. Really uh, not an alternative, but kind of more of the same. And one last thing I noticed, uh, Mickey Jurek, uh, just like uh, House Feathers, um, he said the peddling of conspiracy theories is affecting our democracy, pitting groups against each other, creating suspicion and harming national security by spreading misinformation that eventually affects policy. Um, Drea, is he not talking about blackface here? Uh, I Ugh. mean, I have never seen this country so divided, and I blame right. the prime minister on that. Uh, mm. The peddling of conspiracy theories affecting our democracy. No, no, no. I think that was the invocation of the Emergencies Act affecting democracy. Uh, and the fact that Trudeau yeah. or, or his ministers, none of them would meet with the Freedom Convoy protesters, not even for 20 minutes to hear what they would have to say. It, it's just, you know, there's a psychological condition called projection, right? And yeah. it's where, say, you're a kleptomaniac. And I go, you know what? That Drea, oh, I don't like her. She's a kleptomaniac. No, you're the kleptomaniac. You're yeah. projecting your bad qualities on somebody yeah, else. Exactly. This guy seems to be suffering from projection. <laughs> Well, and conspiracy theories, again, to focus on how they're just mis misusing this, 
it wasn't even such a taboo thing before 2020. It just meant that you have a theory that there's a conspiracy. Sometimes there are conspiracies, but they are talking about things that are fact and calling them conspiracies. And the average person is starting to wake up about this in different ways. They did it. If you were injured from the you know what, they pretended that was conspiracy theories. Now a lot of people know someone who was injured. Um, they've done it in so many ways that in a way it's starting to work against them. Like I think other people are starting to read this and go, oh my gosh, like, you know, again, we're throwing that word around. They've done it with racists, um, misogynists, all the things that Trudeau has projected <laughs> onto other people. Uh, people are waking up, so... Yeah, and thank goodness. And uh, let's hope that the Conservative Party of Canada, whenever the next election is, they wake up too and don't go down that disastrous sheer O'Toole yeah. route as well. Listen, Dre, we should uh, uh, cut for a break right now. On the other side, I'm going to give our audience fair warning. Uh, we got some videos from our beloved colleague, Alexa Lavoie, from yeah. the Montreal um, Pride Parade. I know it's August. Uh <laughs> I, I thought this ended on June 30th, but but in, in any event, you, you might not want to be eating or anything because some of this footage is really disturbing, But and somehow it's equated with being prideful of who you are. I don't understand it. Anyways, we'll see you on the other side of this break, folks. How in the world could such a small group of people with limited resources change world history? But in fact, that's happening. And it's the power of the truth. The truth is like kryptonite. Healthcare isn't in some sense working very well. Foster Colson is thinking about this. He's got a new company, an online healthcare platform called The Wellness Company. Telehealth company called The Wellness Company. The Wellness Company. The most popular product is the detoxification supplement that features natokinase. Natokinase is the only enzyme that we're aware of right now that dissolves the spike protein. Spike protein is loaded in the body with the COVID-19 infection and definitely with the vaccines. We've been completely accurate on the spread of the virus, early treatment, on the deficiencies in hospital care, and now the deaths that are occurring after vaccination. This is a human outrage and it's occurring at the end of a hypodermic needle. Isn't it interesting? Natural substances combating this man-made disaster. matter what, God will bring us through and I said, we will not bow down to your gods. For tickets, showtime details, and to see the trailer, please go to savethechristians.com. So, Dre, as I said, um, in once upon a time, Pride Day used to be like, oh, I know, that insignificant um, event called Remembrance Day. It was just a day. And then it became a week. And then it became a month. And now it's a season. I'm wondering when the season ends. Is it all the way into summertime? Maybe it is a summertime season because... And I'm not even being funny here. I, I, I don't know how much of this happened in Montreal. It certainly happened in Toronto. This idea of getting fully naked in a public street where there are children. Um, how is nudity equated with pride, Dre? And I'm not trying to be funny here or sarcastic. I've asked this question to people who put on these parades. I never get a straight answer, never. But do you have any theory? Like if you were, you know, a lesbian, would you celebrate 
pride in being a lesbian by going out onto the main street and taking all your clothes off and marching yeah. naked down the road? Um, and if so, why would you do that? Can can you explain this to a uh, a dumb square like me, Drea? <laughs> Well, no, I can't because it doesn't make sense to me either. Uh, the only thing that it does make sense is, you know, perhaps some of these people are like engaging in voyeurism. They know kids are there. That's the yep. other thing. If this wasn't an all adult, you know, like a nudist beach or something like that or or what have you, where you're all adults and you're all whatever. But there are innocent kids and you know that. And you know that that's that's what's really creepy. And even just in the houses that are walking by, like if you want to protect your kids eyes, you have to keep them away from the window and stuff when it's hot outside. Uh, it's very concerning. And I, I think, well, what a time to be a pedophile these days. Oh, literally. It, it's, I mean, you can just say it's your right. You can go peep on kids in a change room. You can walk around naked. I still remember that guy in the other video twerking for the kids in see through yep. white underwear. And people are cheering on this like this is stunning and brave. It is sick and disgusting. And I feel so bad for the members of the LGBTQ community who just cringe when they watch this because they think now everybody thinks I'm this creep, you know? No, uh, I, I agree when you might be just a, a gay couple, a lesbian couple living in suburbia, going about your lives, obeying the laws. And by the way, uh, who cares what David Menzies and Drea Humphrey thinks? Um, here's the deal. Going naked in public is again it's a criminal code violation yeah, and i interviewed to. someone last month who complained who put in a police call he recorded it uh that that was happening in downtown toronto and um the cops just shrugged oh yeah they you know they do that we we don't get involved you know it I'm not that I'm advocating this, but I, you know, I'd really wonder what would happen if somebody got fully naked during, oh, I don't know, the Santa Claus parade, the St. Patrick's Day parade. I think it'd probably be gang tackled by the coppers and uh, with yeah. good reason. So tell me, Dre, I thought, you know, you know, the iconic illustration of Lady Justice, you know, the sword, the scales, the blindfold, we're all supposed to be judged equally. Why is this community getting special consideration? Well, that is the million dollar question. It's the same question I asked, you know, with the Black Lives Matter protests, yep. any other protests behaving like that, there would have been way more of a, you know, a cut down. You have the peaceful, peaceful trucker convoy. I mean, I know I'm going from US to Canada, but you have the peaceful trucker convoy and look what happened with them, trampled grandmas, um, you know, Alexa, our very own Alexa getting hurt for covering the story, yep. the bank accounts being frozen so yeah i don't know it's no it's dollars. despicable but it's we because have it's it's what is part of the political agenda it's serving that right now right uh we do have some videos i think i alluded to i hope you're not eating lunch before the break but i don't think we're going to show some of the um products that were being vended at this parade uh it's really unnerving, but we do have some other video, including, um, I'll check with our uh, producers, I believe we have um, somebody, it's not identifying as another sex or another gender, but as another species, I believe a dog or a cat or something. <laughs> hey, why not? Anything goes. And also, uh, looks like the CBC, they're so all <laughs> in on this diversity. Drea, not only do they cover the parade uh, glowingly, um, they actually march in the parade too. Why don't we check out some video clips of the madness Alexa Lavoie witnessed firsthand in Montreal last weekend? 
It's just, it's your fetish. Like they're just walking around showing their yep. fetish. Like what does that have to do with anything? Unbelievable. You know, Andrea, when I see those images, all I can think of is that uh, super disturbing scene from Pulp Fiction uh, where they get the gimp uh, out of his cell. And uh, uh, I, I can't go into the graphic details. Anyone that's seen Pulp Fiction knows what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, these are people, I guess, they're pretending to be dogs or cats. Um mm -hmm wearing barely any clothes, some of them wearing what looks to be bondage wear. Um, yeah. You know, I got to say this about uh, these pride parades. They're incredibly boring. Um, so much of it is just people walking along, waving. There are no spectacular floats. There's no marching bands. There's no clowns juggling stuff. Um, I thought that no community challenge. was really super creative. <laughs> And yet you, you go to a parade, it's just a bunch of half-naked dudes walking down Main Street with a dog mask on. What is this? <laughs> yeah. No, I've heard, I have friends, like gay friends, they said they stopped going because it's just too gross now. It's literally just like, <laughs> what is going on? This has nothing. And also they point out we have equal rights too. Like, what are we even protesting about? Um, you know, we can get married, we can do everything anybody else does, you know, my friends. Um, so yeah, I don't no, know. No, you're, you're right. And, um, I, as I've stated before, I think going back to yesterday, uh, the gay community, they were advocating for tolerance and acceptance as well. They should, they, they shouldn't be stigmatized and demonized, but now I think the lunatic fringe has taken over Drea yeah. and it is people on that fringe that are demanding affirmation. And if you do not stand on an apple crate and clap at half-naked men walking down uh, St. Catherine Street with a dog mask on, you are, um, oh, I don't know, a homophobe, a transphobe, a speciesphobe, yeah. a dogphobe, a catphobe, you name it. And <laughs> yeah. uh, perhaps you should be criminally charged. I mean, that's how crazy and radical these yeah. people have become. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think to, to answer your question, what is the point of it now? Um, because it's completely illegal to discriminate against anyone from that community. Mm -hmm. And who knows, there's probably even people in cat masks and dog masks working at some call center. I mean, you probably can't even <laughs> discriminate against uh, speciesism, but but I digress because our next clip, well, Drea, uh, if you're wondering, folks, how are your tax dollars working for you? Check out this clip. Oh, it's the CBCers, guys. Yeah. Oh, that was just B-roll? Oh, I hear them in my ear. You're just hearing them. Oh, there them. we are. Okay. <laughs> there we go. 
Oh, that was them. They've even, they're like totally participating in it. Not even just like cheering on the side, hey? Yeah, and they've uh, altered their logo with the uh, du rigueur, you know, 18 million colors. And um, these are all, you know, I know what you're saying, folks. It just looks like a bunch of people, I don't know, walking into a sports stadium. Uh, no, those are all CBC employees. Um, mm -hmm. And again, I'm kind of, I'm kind of offended, Drea, because our tax dollars are ultimately propping yeah. up that. I guess we have to file another FOI. Um, how much did it cost uh, mm -hmm. to get all those logos made? Um, I don't know if that's uh, a CBC van or it's a rental, um, but. This is not the role of the CBC. And in fact, when you see stunts like this, I think they're throwing gasoline on the fire for Mr. Polyev's uh, pledge to defund this entity. Yeah, I don't think, again, mainstream. This, the mainstream people are saying there's too much going on. And unfortunately, the way the LGBT community has been hijacked to push the stuff on the kids, they've just had enough. We saw it with the Target uh, scenario in the U.S. Of course, we saw it with the Dil Dylan Mulvaney. But we're also seeing it with Muslims, Christians, Jews, Sikhs uh, coming together at protests and saying enough is enough. And so when you see the CBC, the news that is supposed to be impartial on this, marching and participating in the parade in August. <laughs> I thought Pride Month was over, but I guess that, you know, they're holding true to the whole Pride season that our government, uh, tax-funded government is also saying. So, yeah, I don't think it's working in their favor at all. And, and you know, Dre, it is fascinating, I find, that when you look at the relationship of conservatives and Christians with those in the Islamic community, in the past 10 years, there has been a quantum shift, hasn't there? Um, I would argue uh, there was a bit of a distancing with those communities, 9-11 still fresh in the minds of many uh, some 10 years ago. But now there is a unification and it's based on, I believe, what's happening primarily in our schools. You know, yeah. the radical um, sex ed curricula, uh, radical transgenderism, pornography, yes, pornography in mm -hmm. school libraries. And uh, so you see Christians, conservatives, those in the Islamic community, as you mentioned, the other groups, Hindu, Sikhs, Orthodox Jews, they're saying, no, this is wrong. We're taking a stand against this. It's going to be very interesting. I know there is plans. It's being billed as a million man march in um, Ottawa uh, next month. BC too. In yeah, BC Victoria, as well, right? Okay. And I'm hearing Alberta. So July 20th is, I believe, the day for that. Sorry, September 20th, I guess. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yes. So um, we'll uh, watch with anticipation. We'll certainly cover these marches. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what transpires. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I also notice what well, we talked about, the CBC getting involved. Uh, well, knock me down with a feather. Um, the Do we have this video, for uh, guys? The <laughs> Jugmeet Singh. Uh, Melanie Jolly, uh, Stephen Guibault. Yeah, so uh, your elected representatives, they were, uh, they were out in full force too. Let's check this out. There they are. 
Yeah, that of course is Jugmeet saying, I think even with blackface in power, he's the most disgraceful politician in our entire dominion, uh, Dre. I think even people who are NDP core supporters are getting tired of his act, denouncing the blackface liberals every day on Twitter and at press conferences, and then propping them up, of course, uh, in uh, in the House of Commons. And here we have, I believe, is that M Melanie Jolie and yeah, uh, Stephen Gobeau? Yeah. Yes. Uh and I still get over the fact that we have someone ruling a federal party who is banned from getting into India. Yeah. <laughs> is that how, how like what's wrong with Canada? <laughs> oh, well, it, it, you know, that is kind of perversely amusing because, yeah, Jagmeet Singh can't get into India and uh, Stephen Gibbo himself, a convicted criminal right. when he, you know, yeah. so it, it's almost as though you break the law, you do bad things, uh, you fail upwards in Canada. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be fascinated whenever that uh, this election is happening, because I hear so much chatter that even those in the Sikh community are tired of Jugmeet Singh's act and that he could even lose his seat mm -hmm. out in your neck of the woods. Uh, Drea, what, what are you hearing? Well, again, I take it back to this issue, the concerns many are having about what's happening in the schools. And yeah. so I know just personally from what I'm hearing on the ground that there are a lot of people in those communities that are afraid to speak out. They they want to get more of their family here. They, they're fearful of being on some sort of list that might end up with them being deported. Uh, but they are prepared to vote uh, where they think this issue. In fact, I had one person tell me that their whole family I guess they believe the conservatives are uh, racist. This is their belief. They're, they're NDPers. <laughs> they're NDPers, but they said, my entire family is voting conservative this time around because we'd rather vote for racist policies over perverted ones. So, <laughs> so Gee, they think thanks. they're voting. But you yeah, know what? I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, but, but this is how people are thinking. And so if this is their, you know, the, the sword they're willing to fall on, then the liberals are not unacceptable. And so is the NDP party. Wow. So. Talk about a backhanded compliment. But you know what? At the end of the day, <laughs> a vote is a vote. And uh, I'll take it. And one last thing on this file, not the Montreal uh, Pride Parade, but uh, under the you know heading of LGBT uh, and feminism. Uh, is this correct? Uh, the new Snow White actress says... The new version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, are they still calling them dwarves or short people, uh, will not include a prince? What's that about? I think we have a clip. Let's see if we can make sense of this, Drea. I mean, you know, the, the original cartoon came out in 1937, yeah. and very evidently so. <laughs> um, there is a big focus on her love story. Um, with a guy who literally stalks her. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Weird. Super weird. So we didn't do that this time. <laughs> so, no, so no prince or a different kind of prince? We have a different approach to what I'm sure a lot of people will assume is a love story just because, like, we cast a guy in the movie. Right. Andrew Burnap. Great dude. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's one of those things that I think everyone's going to have their assumptions about what it's actually going to be. But uh, it's really not about the love story at all, which is really, really wonderful. And whether or not she finds love along the way is anybody's guess until 2024 um all of andrew's scenes could get cut who knows it's hollywood baby i mean 
Oh, it's Hollywood, baby. And I think we're on the day 108 of the, the writer's strike. I, I hope they stay out on yeah. strike for eternity, uh, Drea. Uh, but um, yeah, you know, an idea of a love story, fairy tale, a heterosexual male and a heterosexual yeah. woman gained together. Ooh, what a bunch of weirdos. We can't have that kind of tripe uh, shown in theaters for, for little kids. This is unbelievable. And look at the entitlement and the yeah. All of that actress it is just off the charts it makes you want to scratch your skin off but you know <laughs> on the one hand i'm not a huge fan of walt disney they've done some weird things i won't get mm. into conspiracy theories but they've done some really weird things like i remember the lion came falling and it's spelling sex in the air like it's a little bit weird some of the <laughs> videos so i'm not totally opposed with them going woke and getting broke but it is infuriating that we're seeing over and over them sort of taint these classic stories uh, like Snow White and change them and wokeify them. And I, didn't, didn't they say Snow White's skin was white as snow? And now you, you have <laughs> someone who doesn't even match the character. So we're seeing that with, you know, Cleopatra and everything. So it, it's just really annoying that it's like they go and they're like, I want to cover this. But I I hate it. And I saw somebody commented that to you in a tweet. I don't know if we put it up, but it's like, how are you promoting the video when the lead actress hates Snow White? Like the way she's yeah. talking, it's like she, she despises that story. But you cast her and she's out there promoting it. Like you would think that you want somebody who actually appreciates that original story. You know, Andrea, I wonder what she would feel if we, you you know, embraced in for a penny and in for a pound. And we went over to her and, or somebody with the production team and said, um, you know what, honey, um, we're writing you out of the script as a biological female. Yeah. We're ha- this version of uh, Snow White is going to be a drag queen. Yeah, it's going to be some three hundred and fifty pound dude with a beard. Yeah. That's Hollywood, baby. Deal with it. Uh, I mean, I wonder if she's on Team Woke when her job gets written out uh, due to political correctness or whatever the flavor of the day is, Drea. Oh, well, she'd probably cry inside and smile <laughs> and laugh because you know it's about it's about the collective active morals, not your own, right? Well, you know what? Thank God Christian Freeland uh, told Canadians to cancel their Disney Plus subscriptions so <laughs> yeah. we don't have to watch this uh, rot. And by the way, I will bet my life that Christian Freeland did not cancel her. <laughs> if, if anyone out there can somehow get a, a copy of Christian Freeland's cable bill, please, I just want to see that line item of Disney Plus still yeah. being uh, uh, subscribed to. Drea, we got to take our second ad break. And then we'll get back um, to, uh, well, this is interesting. I think we might be doing the uh, golf story uh, that uh, was getting tinkered with to such an extent that the journalist took a really courageous stance. And basically, he resigned from the magazine. It's unbelievable, folks. Uh, So we'll check it out on the other side of this break. You may have heard us previously refer to the term Orwellian in response to the way that governments around the world have acted throughout the COVID-1984 hysteria, but do you know what these terms really mean? Well, they come from the dystopian writings of author George Orwell, and now you can read one of his most famous works, novel 1984, better than ever before, to hear the terms that we refer to often, such as the Ministry of Truth, wrong thing, thought police, etc. straight from the horse's mouth. 
You can find it at buy1984.com, where Rebel News is excited to launch this revamped classic tale. It's not revamped at all in terms of what was actually written. In fact, all of the writings themselves remain entirely unchanged. But we're now bringing you this harrowing futuristic novel fully illustrated and with a larger, easier to read font size. There is a foreword by Rebel Commander, Ezra Levant, and you can order it directly through that website, buy1984.com. The parallels between the depictions of the surveillance state and Orwellian's totalitarian depictions in 1984 contrasted with what we are seeing today in our democracies should not be ignored. Go to buy1984.com and purchase your book today. And hey, maybe even order a copy or two for a friend. It's the perfect gift that keeps on giving. And you'll never be able to view the doublespeak of certain politicians the same way again. That's buy1984.com. And before we jump into the next thing, I just want to go over something very important. One question I'm getting a lot when I run into, uh, you know, our viewers is, what are you guys going to do about these censorship bills? So we actually have a plan. Can we put the website on the screen? And I'll just walk you through. Some of you are already, of course, um, uh, experiencing that. But uh, we're facing an intimate threat a planned blackout of all news content in Canada. It's coming to Facebook and Instagram, threatening to silence Rebel News and those who depend on us to get the other side of the story. The cause, as some of you know, is Trudeau's new censorship law, Bill C-18, which demands social media companies pay news outlets for the news stories their users share on the platform. It's a shakedown of sorts and a desperate attempt to keep the mainstream media afloat. It seems the billions in taxpayer subsidies just aren't enough to keep the country's propagandists in business. But Meta, Facebook parent company, has chosen to block Canadian news content rather than to comply, Rebel News included. So many of you are already, you've lost your access and ability to access our Facebook and Instagram pages, but the blackout will soon affect everybody in Canada. So don't worry, we've got a really cool plan and solution. It works. We've tried it. We've partnered with Private Internet Access, PIA, a VPN provider dedicated to safeguarding digital privacy. So for just $2 a month, which, by the way, is way cheaper than when I got a VPN. This is really good. $2 a month, you can maintain your access to our content across all your devices. And unlike other VPN providers, PIA is uh, going to be able to do that for you. So there you have the amounts of what you can do to go on it right there. But um, this is a really easy way to just kind of boycott that. And like I said, some at Rebel have already given this a try. So try PIA and it's risk-free. We have a link for that in the description box below if you go below the video right now that you're watching. So there you go. It's our number one choice. I, of course, understand nothing about what you just said. So yeah, I know, but, right? But all I know, it's a cheap way of getting, of staying in the loop, and that is good. And uh, in the meantime, uh, giving a big raise middle finger to uh, the blackface regime in their censorious ways. Um, but as we talked about, I want to say that... Um, 
I'm going to, um, I guess, nominate uh, Steve Eubanks. Uh, he is a sports writer and an employee at Global Golf Post as, uh, well, journalist of the year for showing that there are people out there in this game that do have principles and will stand up for what they believe in, even if it means uh, being economically disciplined. And the story is this, folks. Uh, Steve Eubanks was a senior writer, former senior writer, at um, Global Golf Post. And he resigned after his editors, get a load of this, demanded he cut the pro-life and Christian elements from an interview he did with professional golfer Amy Olson, who is actually competing on the circuit while pregnant. That's a story in and of itself, I should think. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. says, that's Eubanks, that his fellow staff, quote, went ballistic, end quote. I mean, Drea, almost like uh, uh, Amy is claiming she's a member of ISIS and supports yeah. their agenda. There'd you know, probably for be less of a reaction. And they said that the content of the interview would only run if they cut out the sections that covered Olson's, ooh, Christianity and pro-life views. This is despicable. Drea, mm -hmm. because I bet you if this was any other religion, this would be embraced as diversity, inclusion, equity, et cetera, et cetera. Also, if she yeah. was uh, not pro-life, that would be embraced too. But the fact that she's Christian uh, and pro-life, uh, like I said, it, it's akin to declaring uh, loyalty uh, to ISIS. I also want to tell you, um, Drea, and I've, I've made this observation for several years now. For some reason, in North America, the sports department of media organizations, it's even more woke than the news department. I can't, mm -hmm. for the life of me, think of, well, I guess you could argue Don Cherry, but we're going back to 2019 for a right-of-center commentator on sports. If there mm -hmm. are some, they keep their opinions checked. But yeah. the wokeism is unbelievable. I mean, we just saw back in June when uh, Anthony Bass, the Blue Jays pitcher, was drummed out of town for the simple thing of liking the um, uh, Anheuser-Busch and Target boycotts uh, because of the radical transgenderism going on with those companies. Mm -hmm. um, all the sports media, every single one covering baseball in Canada, Drea, um, they could barely type their articles because they had their cheerleader pom-poms on, okay? Oh, this yeah. is great. Get them out of here. Get that hater a hater. Those were the words they, they were using. Um, but this is outrageous. I would suspect this is an American publication. I'm guessing at least half of Americans are pro-life. You know, I'm mm -hmm. not sure what the most recent stats reveal. But, Drea, you as a woman, the idea that the, these editors going ballistic, according yeah. to the sports writer Eubanks, because of uh, her being uh, Christian and pro-life, uh, can you make sense of this? No. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised, but no, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, one of the things I love about Rebel News is, uh, you know, we always try to get the other side of the story. Sometimes, many times, they don't want to talk to us. But when they do, do we cut out their opinions because 
the reporter or, uh, you know, maybe somebody at the top of Rebel News, Ezra or something doesn't dis disagrees with it. No, absolutely. We love when we get the other side to show it and we give them a long, uh, you know, period of time to talk so that people can actually hear their train of thoughts. And I often say thank you so much and shake hands after when I get that. But there's no surprise here. Uh, Eubanks was given the, the opportunity to select whoever he wanted to do the story on. And like you said, it's a story that she is going to be seven months pregnant or seven months pregnant while competing in this. So naturally he picked that. I thought it's like, yay, women, uh, you know, here she is competing at seven months pregnant when, you know, many women, myself included, you know, just wanted to fall asleep and eat Haganah's ice cream when I woke up. Um, so he picks her and asks, you know, about this. And she mentions in there that she finds it a little bit ironic that, you know, a year ago today, there was the ruling with Roe versus Wade and many of the people um, that she's, uh, you know, in the, the field with uh, were outraged about that. But now they're celebrating her. Uh, for being pregnant and, you know, keeping and continuing on her, with her life. So that's kind of how that popped up when he's interviewing her. So to cut something, you know, that's a really good question that you want the people to hear the answer to. And then to be ordered, ordered to cut it out because it doesn't align with the outlet is horrible. That's not journalism. And so, yeah. You know what, Dre, what you said is very profound because Essentially, the news peg, why you're doing a profile of Amy Olson is because she's 30 weeks pregnant and competing at mm -hmm. the highest level of women's yeah. golf, um, which is incredible, I think. Yeah, but absolutely. What Eubanks did is in his profile of Amy, he is just merely passing on statements of fact i.e. she's Christian, i.e. Mm -hmm. she's pro-life. He's not mm -hmm. editorializing. He's not saying, mm -hmm. you know what makes Amy Olson great? It's not that she's competing while pregnant. It's because she's pro-life and Christian. He's yeah. just mentioning it. And for these woke jerks to go yeah. ballistic, in his words, over the use mm -hmm. of factual statements, uh, you know, this is, um, it's actually scary um, who is in the media right now. And, and, and keep in mind, you know, the, if, if the newspaper or a media outlet, if it was a department store, the sports department, that's the toy department. It's supposed to be about fun and games, but it ain't, I'll tell you, Drea, it is so uber woke. And I guess yeah. I'd love to hear... Um, theories from anyone in those industries, how it got that way, that merely the statement of fact that this pregnant golfer is a Christian and is pro-life, this is reprehensible and it can't, the story cannot run unless it's taken out. And I'll tell you, like I said, good for Mr. Eubanks. This is a hard racket right now. It's a sunset industry journalism. And yeah. for him to say, you do that to my piece, I'm out of here, and he's evidently resigned. Uh, I ho really hope there's some credible, moral media organization that picks up this right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe Rebel. <laughs> maybe we have to start Rebel News Sports as, Sports, as a counter maybe. to all the toxic wokeism out there. But um, yeah. what a despicable story indeed. Well, it's sad that there actually is another side of the story now in something like sports. Like, it shouldn't be that. <laughs> it should just be that, yes, tell it like it is. But everything is getting so affected 
are infected with wokeism that even in sports now, uh, you don't know if you're getting the full interview. And uh, this this is something to concern everybody, whether they're Christian or uh, pro-life or not, because we're seeing this over and over. I know many a times when I interview someone, they'll say, I, I did this interview with CBC. I did the same interview. I spoke with them for 45 minutes and they never put any of it up. So the amount of stuff people are not seeing is a problem on all of the issues. Yeah. And you know what else it speaks to, Drea? I've always said if there's one thing worse than censorship, it's self-censorship. Mm -hmm. And you got to wonder how many people in the media, uh, say, would be doing a story about a pregnant golfer on the LPGA tour and saying, ah, you know what? I better not mention this pro-life stuff. I better not mention this Christian yeah. stuff because oh, sure. I know my editors are going to freak out. So uh, I'll just focus on something else like, uh, I don't know, what her favorite color is or what kind of car she drives or what whatnot. Um, and the fact that we here in Canada are funding this, right? I know this mm -hmm. is not a Canadian uh, media organization, uh, but the, the fact that we're funding journalists to be self-censors. Hey, you don't need blackface censoring you when you've got such trained seals. They do it for themselves. That's scary. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, Drea, we're running out of time here. Uh, I got to ask you, do we have any super chats? We do. Excellent. Uh, from Cool Beans 89 familiar name. Thanks for supporting us on the live streams. Often donates $5. Thank you. Says David, I'm surprised that you did not say anything about this being 20 years today since we were plunged in darkness as the biggest blackout since 1965. I'm not even sure about this. So. Yeah, no, that was an incredible blackout. It started, I believe, in Ohio. It was 20 years uh, today. Uh, what can I say other than the fact that I was a very lucky person that day because when it happened, I was on my bicycle and that was a good vehicle to be driving because every yeah. single traffic outlet, um, you know, traffic light, I should say, uh, went out. But, you know, it, um, all I can remember uh, were the good things that happened, thankfully, because in a sense, this was a good news story in the face of yeah. a very bad situation. And that was... The number of people, Drea, uh, just common folk pulling over, uh, yeah. standing at an intersection, directing traffic, because it was overwhelming. It was every, like, look at that picture. You don't see a wow. single light on. Light. That's the skyline yeah. of Toronto. Every single intersection was blacked out. And, um, uh, you know, like all tragedies, you see the worst of people and the best of people. That was certainly the best of people. And I also love the fact that people would pull up. I, I saw one guy near the intersection where I live, and there must have been about 30 bottles of water. So people were given this volunteer traffic cop water so he wouldn't get uh, dehydrated. And also, for a brief time, because there was no air conditioning, because there were no lights, because there were no video games to play or TV. It was almost like the old days. You went outside because it was a very hot, humid August day. I remember that. And neighbors started chatting with one another. It was like the old days when you didn't even have air conditioning. It wasn't invented yet. There was a veranda and you'd invite the neighbors over for some lemonade. And it was all, you know, in the sense of cooling down because it was cooler outside the house than inside the house. Mm. And 
so there you got to know your neighbor and uh, you know there was some camaraderie that uh, was established of course all that all that went away in Toronto once the power came back on don't get me wrong I, I don't want to, to pose this as like a Pollyanna tale of uh, uh, the day Toronto <laughs> <laughs> but but those, those are my uh, experiences, yeah. So uh, and thank wow. goodness nothing like that's ha happened again. Fifty million without electricity. Oh, I read yeah. on that that headline. Oh my gosh. Um, we have another one from C Lancaster thirteen donates five dollars as well. Thank you very much. Said could the WEF be considered the works? I think that's a typo. Works missed successful terrorist group with their globalist agenda either i don't know what it is well i mean that's a we can't go there yet <laughs> but it's definitely has its own interests it doesn't have our interests at heart it has a globalist interest at heart and um again their apologists will say um look, they really have no tangible power, which is true. I mean, you can't have Klaus Schwab saying, uh, I hereby decree that Canada is going to go back to the imperial system and ditch metric. That can't happen. However, what we do know, Drea, is that Klaus Schwab and his acolytes have the ears of the most powerful men and women on the planet. And yeah. when they are sitting down for dinner, and it's not crickets and mealworms. Uh, it's uh, the best steak imaginable. Uh, you don't think they're, you know, lobbying these powerful entities? Of course they are. That's the very yeah. reason for That's having the these meetings in places like uh, Davos. So, um, yeah, there is no tangible power, but they are indeed influencers, and we should be wary yeah. of that. Absolutely. I think that's all we have for live chats today. Well, there you go. Okay. Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, especially for uh, those who gave us a super chat. That's how we keep the lights on here. And my thanks to uh, Olivia and Efren, our super producers. I believe I am back here tomorrow. It's either going to be a Tamara Tuesday or because Alexa's in town, uh, we might have to put Tamara on the bench and have Alexa jump in live and in person. Uh, and she can give you all the nitty gritty details whether or not you want to hear about them, of the Montreal Pride Parade. In the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane.